Hi, Pani Alla, and welcome to the show. It's you're our first guest from the UK, so it's all very exciting. Thank you. So today I'm joined with one of my co-hosts, Nathan, and we just had some questions that we wanted to ask you about your work because you've had quite an interesting career. So we'll probably start at the very beginning. And what made you choose to pick music as your career? I didn't choose and I didn't pick because I was lucky to be born in a musical family. And uh, my mom was a very good uh, flutist and a fantastic teacher. So um, it was my destiny to carry on family tradition. And also all my neighborhood uh, were musicians as well. So I just saw that everybody in the world are musicians. So this is how it started. And my mom was a great uh, teacher. She encouraged me uh, to study music. And I really enjoyed that because I just saw that that's it this is what everybody should do and uh, yeah this is my career in music started with my mom and the knowledge that everybody musicians around us <laughs> oh, okay and um where did you study music in ukraine i was born in lviv uh, so i uh, and i studied music in lviv and uh, uh, then uh, i um, studied in uh, college in lviv uh, and uh, i moved to um, I, uh, Kyiv, Kyiv Conservatoire. I uh, had diploma as a pianist there. Also, I studied uh, their organ and uh, uh, composition with prominent teachers. Uh, one of them was late Levko Kolodub, important uh, Ukrainian composer. Um, then I was working in Lviv Philharmonic after Conservatoire, but a conductor from Conservatoire, uh, from Philharmonic, uh, said that uh, he would like me to have a um, formal diploma as a composer and organist because they know for they would like for Philharmonic to have uh, qualified as well uh, people in, uh, who can play organ and um, composer as well for uh, Philharmonic to be composer in residence. So I was um, uh, lucky to uh, get uh, the same time in both conservatoires, one in Estonia in Tallinn as organist, uh, and I didn't know that I will be lucky to get to two conservatoires at the same time, and also I passed to uh, be um, in Lviv conservatoire. All total, I finished uh, three conservatoires. I uh, have a diploma from three conservatoires as a pianist, composer, and organist. I also studied in Moscow, where the best uh, piano school as well, with uh, best teachers there. And also I studied in Cambridge. Uh, I studied organs as well and history of music. So um, yeah, a big chunk of my life was uh, a very, uh, uh, very rigorous study, study of music and everything. Wow, you've studied all over Europe. Um, what made you move to the UK? And are you still connected as a composer and a performer with Ukraine? Again, it was not my choice to move to UK. I never thought that I will be living in UK because I was quite happy and busy to live in Ukraine and traveling all over the world with my concerts. And uh, so uh, on one of the concerts in a festival in England where I was invited, I met a love of my life, uh, my future husband, who is recording engineer and also musician. And uh, uh, this 
is how it happens and we got married uh, after a while and uh, we still have very successful partnership and uh, of course uh, I never forget uh, my roots and uh, I regularly travel to Ukraine uh, before um, COVID restrictions I was going to Ukraine like uh, every year twice a year uh, I was invited to festivals there and also I was composing the residence for uh, Lviv Opera Theater so for me Ukraine also it's big inspiration um, there are some specific smell in Lviv especially in my garden it's creative smell uh, and it's so beautiful when after rain all this uh, rich Ukrainian earth smell and uh, it's only it's unique it's only there and this is why my big inspiration is coming from yeah I've noticed that a lot of um, uh, artists and musicians and poets tend to take inspiration from the world around them so yeah it would make sense that you know where you grew up is kind of still the place where you gain inspiration from yes yes so you ended up writing an opera uh, called The Golden Penguin. Tell us a little bit more about what exactly the Golden Penguin is about and what inspired you to write it. Uh, yes, uh, Golden Penguin Opera is not my first opera. I wrote before a few operas. Uh, but uh, I think that this opera is uh, one of most successful because uh, it was premiered in the Royal Opera House in London and also it was premiered and became part of the main repertoire uh, at the Lviv uh, State Opera Theatre. So um, it's quite important to have uh, to combine these two cultures and uh, I managed to get international project to bring Lviv Opera to England as well to perform here together with English performers. And um, um, in regards of uh, what legacy this opera left, I think that a um, big generation of children was grow up on this opera because it was written uh, as opera for adults and for children. And uh, it's cross between musical and serious opera, so it's quite uh, accessible for uh, any group of people. Um, uh, audience and uh, uh, what interesting was that uh, sometime in Lviv I meeting people uh, who still remember me and they don't know who they are and they actually been babies when they had my opera and now these people are grow up and uh, they still remember that and it's so wonderful I keep about five books of people uh, been writing after opera uh, what they think how they felt and this is um, very important and a piece of literature which I probably will give to my foundation 
agriculture, there are cultural foundation archive in Kyiv, uh, and they have some materials of me as a composer. So it probably will be my legacy after opera for people to see uh, of reaction of audience, and it's quite famous conductors as well, been written and composers and uh, children, and uh, yeah, it's it's very very nice, um, but. Talking about inspiration, um, inspiration for this opera, I got my tra first trip to Australia. Uh, so I had some concerts in Australia, in uh, uh, North Australia, in Cairns, and uh, um, I was amazed. We arrived to Australia, it was my first trip. We arrived in January, and it was summer. And in England, it was miserable weather, <laughs> and it just was for me a shock, you know, suddenly to be like in paradise. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, and I start to think about, oh, you know, th that's interesting. So this is how idea started to create a fairy tale and a country of eternal spring, paradise, and uh, also country of uh, cold. <laughs> so this is how this idea started and this idea was growing and uh, continued when I went to New Zealand and we went for trip to one of the islands and uh, it's first governor of uh, New Zealand Mr. Gray uh, mentioned there and uh, uh, in the wild on the sea I met little penguin so for me, it was an amazing experience, and uh, I just went to this penguin and started to talk to him and sing for him, and he was answering <laughs> to me in his voice. So we sort of created this sort of friendship, and that's it. This is how my opera was born, The Golden Penguin. And my golden penguin, he lives in a in beautiful country of eternal spring, but uh, there are princess uh, who lived in a country of cold, eternal cold. And she, in her dream, she always seen this beautiful creature, this penguin, and she dreamt about that because she don't have any friends. So she wants to have friends. And penguin was kidnapped. A friend of penguin went to look for uh, his friend, and he found not only penguin at the end, but he found his love, princess. So fall in love and uh, happy, happy end, uh, country of, of cold melted away. So and everybody live uh, happily after in country of eternal spring. So what this uh, story teach uh, children and adults about loyalty and about friendship, value of friendship. So this is main thing, and for me as well as a person, and uh, I also wrote book, the Golden Penguin uh, book, and it was illustrated by famous Ukrainian um, artist. Uh, her name is Victoria Kovalchuk. Unfortunately, she died a few months ago from COVID. So, oh. uh, and for me, these illustrations are absolutely precious now because it's really forever. It sounds like a very lovely story as well. But you did mention also that you've done, that this wasn't the first opera that you had written, that you had done yes. other works uh, for film and other things as well. So what are some of the other works that you've um, composed as well? 
Yes, um, I was uh, lucky to be signed by EMI, uh, Music House International, who does music for films. Um, and it was uh, library music, uh, which was used for documentaries. So I done uh, more than 300 tracks of music. And uh, wow. it's... Um, uh, get used to all the time in documentaries. Sometimes I catch in this music, oh, saying, oh, this is my music on TV, <laughs> and it's nice to hear that. <laughs> this music also on uh, CDs as well. So I have lots of CDs, and uh, um, yeah, it's exciting project. It's another project, and you might uh, listen with some uh, music from my film venture as well. <laughs> your biography on the Ukrainian Cultural Association in the UK website, it says that you were commissioned by Pope John Paul II to compose a rendition of the song Ave Maria for his visit to Ukraine. What was the process like and how, like the experience of working on such a monumental and historic project? Yes, it, it was amazing. Uh, I was so uh, happy to do that and I wrote this for Tena uh, Orchestra, Lviv uh, Philharmonic Orchestra, and uh, piano. So uh, on the day I was on the piano with orchestra and uh, with our tenor Oleg Lehach, he's a soloist of Lviv Opera. And uh, it was amazing experience. Uh, what we've been worried on the day that um, they predicted that it will be tarantulas rain. And because uh, it was uh, all in open air and it was a million uh, people listening and with uh, different countries, radios, TV, and uh, uh, also in, uh, for this special occasion in Lviv was built special church and stage was built and everything. It, it just was amazing things um, on grand scale. And what I was worried about that if rain will be started, they said we need to stop performances. And uh, I just was praying to God that please, please, can rain delay <laughs> that we would have chance to show for Pop what he done, what we done for him. And uh, luckily, we done our piece, and after our piece, the sky was open, and uh, <laughs> it was terrible rain but nobody left nobody left uh, and uh, you know pop instead he was amazing he was singing for us uh, ukrainian songs what his mother used to sing for him <laughs> because his mother i understand was ukrainian and he still remembers his songs so people was mesmerized and nobody was frightened of uh, leaving their places and though under rain we've been sitting after this performance in open air with umbrellas and listening to the pop singing was ukrainian beautiful song so and uh, i believe that he liked my ave maria it went very well and you could see on youtube the song ave maria and uh, 
yes, I'm very proud of this achievement, and uh, we had uh, lots of people had chance to listen to that, and uh, I think that it was a beautiful song, and it was. Um, my birthday is on 23rd of June, and a rehearsal with Philharmonic for that song was on that day. So, yeah, it, uh, it, it was quite, quite important for me to write that for Holy Man uh, for a very special uh, occasion. Yeah, it sounds like a very, very special uh, event and just an overall special experience with the rain passing and everything. Um, so as Alexa mentioned, you started the Ukrainian Cultural Association in the UK. But prior to starting that organization, uh, you were the artistic director and composer in residence of the Ukrainian Catholic, uh, sorry, the Ukrainian Cathedral Concert Hall in London. So as, as, as a member of this concert hall, what events did you organize there? And what kind of effect did, did this have on the London community, not just Ukrainians in the London community, but also non-Ukrainians that live in London? Yeah. I, again, I was uh, very lucky to be invited for such position. Um, uh, our uh, bishop at the time, uh, Bishop Hlip uh, Lonchina, he went to one of my big uh, charity gala concerts, which was organized by uh, a Polish uh, uh, organization. And uh, it was time when uh, or when uh, uh, Orange Revolution and uh, uh, no, it was my dad, and we've been raising money for to help. And uh, anyway, uh, I was uh, Bishop came to our concert, Bishop Cleveland and uh, he asked me if I would be interested to come to see Hall in the church, and uh, if uh, anything could be done, if we could organize maybe music events there. So. And we made an appointment. I went over, and at, uh, at the time, this particular hall was looking like warehouse with lots of unwanted furniture there, and <laughs> um, it and piano was broken, and uh, just it, it was terrible. But location uh, uh, was fantastic because it's right in the center of London, and I seen potential. And uh, uh, luckily, also uh, Bishop Hlip, he is very musical. Uh, he uh, a musician himself. He uh, studied music, so he liked music, literature. He's very, very educated and musical. And uh, uh, so I uh, uh, say that look, we need to organize um, uh, this piano repair or buy a new one, and uh, maybe. Um, get some chairs and uh, that's it we could start and anyway it was all done uh, furniture was moved and we had a lovely concert hall in time we built stage and lighting and we had reception room uh, for guests to have drinks after so it became a very uh, very nice venue uh, and we had we built up 
fantastic audience as well. Audience uh, been comprising not only from uh, with uh, Ukrainians who go in, uh, to church, uh, but also. Uh, other nationality, other people like uh, you know Spanish, Americans, um, English, of course, uh, Polish, um, French. So we had quite a big following of people, international following, and for church it was really great because um, we could uh, introduce our church, which is right opposite from uh, by corridor from our concert hall to show our church and uh, some of them even start to come to our mass because they prefer our mass than uh, let's say in the anglican church so it was a great promotion for our ukrainian church as well but most important what uh, uh, i made a point for performers we uh, not only had uh, ukrainian performers we had other nationalities uh, prominent performers Always I was asking to include in their program at least one or two uh, Ukrainian composers' music. Yeah, I've always thought that's the important part, is that we have to um, use our culture and use the skills we, we have, whether it's in music or dance or literature, to promote and to educate other people about Ukrainian culture yes. because sometimes there's misconceptions and people think, you know, Ukrainian culture is similar to, you know, Polish or Russian or any other culture and it's kind of our job to actually kind of promote and educate people and tell them this is why we're different. Yes, yes, absolutely. I remember I did lectures in Oxford, uh, and uh, my first uh, phrase was, oh, you know, it's well, well before my down and everything. Uh, where is Ukraine? Geographical position of Ukraine. Because people at the time still were thinking, educated even people, that uh, it's part of Russia. Where is Ukraine? And I say that, okay, it's the same territory like uh, France. It's between Russia and Poland. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you need to educate. Now I don't need to say where is Ukraine, so people know that. What inspired you, Pani Ala, to establish the Ukrainian Cultural Association in the UK? And what do you hope to achieve with this organization? You know, about organization like that, I was dreaming and thinking for a very long time. Because in England, we have uh, various Ukrainian associations, but we don't have cultural associations, specific Ukrainian culture associations. There are Ukrainian institutes uh, which do various things, uh, but uh, I, as a, as a musician, as a composer, I wanted to do specifically cultural things to promote Ukrainian music, Ukrainian literature, uh, and uh, to bring knowledge of people about our country and about our people and culture. Um, and. Uh, uh, opportunity arrived because it was COVID, so it was no concerts and um, one of my uh, audience friends uh, she uh, came to our concerts several times and uh, uh, her name is Siobhan uh, Hamilton uh, she uh, actually is president of um, international organization called FIVAL, Federation International Women Associations in London. So she was saying to me uh, that she came to my concert several times. She thinks that I'm a prominent woman and why not think to organize something prominent, 
and I just thought that's it this has come into place what I was thinking why don't I organize a culture association and it was COVID restrictions uh, we can't do any concerts we can't go out from home and uh, this is how idea was born and materialized and we created our own constitution uh, so we under umbrella of this bigger organization FIVAL uh, which is great it's uh, um, people in FIVAL they are like it's like a little United Nations organization by uh, organizations uh, run by women of different nationalities who lives in London and not only in London it's became really global and uh, so it's there are great support to be to represent Ukraine and within this organization so we Ukrainian Cultural Association in, um, uh, in Great Britain but also we part of the bigger one of the FIVAL who supporting us and coming to our events it, it's just fantastic that we are representing Ukraine in such uh, settings and uh, so uh, we uh, formed our organization last year in October and in November we already started to produce events uh, we produce an events once or twice a month and of course uh, because it was not possible to do live events we produce on zoom so we had uh, writers we had uh, musicians concerts we did recordings uh, so we've been very very busy with that and I must say we've been very successful as well so our followers who did come to our concerts in the Ukrainian cathedral they all come to zoom oh two concerts a month that's a lot <laughs> is there any yes, concert yes. that you've done that kind of sticks out as your probably your most memorable concert or your most successful one and do you have any interesting events coming up in the near future that people can join in on yes uh I think that uh it's quite uh, maybe uh, ambitious to say but I think and the, what my audience says that every concert what we do it's unique and successful uh, but most important for me it was results of our concert uh, you know um, we I uh, collaborating with um, sister Irina she uh, is in Lviv now she's um, none uh, and uh, she found for us some uh, desperate uh, children Ukrainian children orphans and uh, from uh, profits from our concerts we've been sending to these children and also to elderly and to musicians and actors in Ukraine after every of our concerts and uh, to see uh, pictures of these children and uh, see letters from nuns uh, to be so grateful uh, that they receive our help which they didn't expect it's brought me to tears and I think that um, despite all this music su success I feel that this my biggest success in life that I have chance to help with these disadvantaged children that our organization could have this chance <laughs> Thank you.
So last question, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit, um, but what place do you th uh, think Ukrainian culture has in the world? And what do you think we need to do to gain more recognition for Ukrainian cl culture globally? Yes. Um, okay. Uh, I, you know what, I forgot that I haven't answered your previous question about our plans for future, which actually helping with next question as well. Um, we shall be continue to do our concerts probably on Zoom because we still have our followers, international followers, and I hope that maybe Australian uh, audience, we shall find some sort of time uh, zone which would be suitable for all of us. We could do something for Australian uh, as well audience. Mm. Um, so uh, we still will do music events on Zoom, as I say. But uh, of course, now it's opening up, and uh, um, we have coming up 30th anniversary of independence of Ukraine. So we hoping um, uh, to celebrate this. It will be probably in September because lots of people on holiday in August. And uh, in the middle of September, we shall have big gala concert uh, celebrating uh, such dates, such occasion of 30th anniversary of independence of Ukraine. So a live concert there, and I will let you know um, when it will be and also we hoping to have this concert on zoom as well and after that we shall have again every month concerts and uh, so uh, because i can't let our, uh, down our audience who always waiting for our next concerts so we shall be still doing that um, not only concerts but also lectures and exhibitions and, uh, also we still would like to help for ukrainian children so it will be another things what we do and uh, um, in regards of uh, ukrainian culture i'm very happy that we have this chance to promote ukrainian culture and, and uh, i still uh, asking my international musicians performers to perform uh, some ukrainian music and they discovering that and they enjoying that and uh, we must be proud of our legacy of composers, poets, Ukrainian, undiscovered still, very much undiscovered. And uh, so this is my mission to um, get all this discovery of Ukrainian culture and music and uh, promote this for uh, Ukrainians and non-Ukrainians especially. Um, in regards of uh, uh, Ukrainian culture globally, uh, I think that uh, what would help is Ukrainians for Ukrainians. Um, I still mm. think that our Ukrainian communities, global communities, still sort of doing their own things separately, but not together, not sort of mixing um, globally with each other. Like now we have this Zoom platform, so we didn't see uh, much Ukrainians joining us, you know, to mm. hear our concerts. You know, um, so I think that uh, Ukrainians need to help Ukrainians to promote Ukrainian culture more. Okay, so it's kind of like connecting the resources that we have, kind of joining them all yeah. together because then we'd be stronger, much, much stronger together as opposed to being Absolutely. all separate. Yes, and uh, let's hope that if we shall be talking next year, maybe I will say yes, we achieve something. <laughs>
<laughs> that would be good. I hope so. Definitely. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Pani Ella, it's been great speaking with you. Um, well, we'll say this evening for us, and I'm sure this afternoon for you. I hope everything goes well, and uh, we'll uh, definitely look to promote those upcoming events as well. Yeah, thank you so much. It was really a pleasure to be with you. And uh, uh, stay safe, and uh, please do uh, continue your lovely programs. <laughs>